What makes a law firm? It's about passion, knowledge, understanding, and service. That's what defines Fluxman's. In this podcast series, we take you behind the desks of some of South Africa's smartest legal minds. Jones and Tunes is a director here and a partner at um, Fluxman's. Been a partner since 2000. He's also an English solicitor. Um, he was cited in Chambers Global for some of the work that he's done and was also in 2014 and 2015 voted by his peers as one of the best lawyers in South Africa. So it's a pleasure to talk to you, Jones. Good morning. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me. You're a specialist litigator. You're also in mining law. Those are the areas that you mostly uh, work in. Obviously, both areas which are fraught with, uh, with, with constant change, well, certainly in, in terms of mining law. And uh, when, you're, when you're the person who goes and litigates, you're also the person who's having to deal with what's happening in that very moment. You're, you're you know, arguing a case. You're, you're standing in front of a judge. It's all happening live. It's a different kind of law to the stuff that maybe conveyances do. It is. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm a dispute uh, resolution lawyer. Okay. So I do the, and I focus in the commercial arena, which includes mining. So dispute resolution involves everything from mediation, arbitration, to full-on litigation in court. So let's just start with mediation. Mediation, by the way, I'm also an, an accredited mediator. Mm-hmm. Mediation is really a, a system, a method to try and get people to resolve their disputes using an independent third party. That third party uh, does not have the power to make any kind of binding ruling on the on the parties to the dispute. But they and guide the process. They and guide the process. They try and bring them together. They try and get them to see sense. So that's one thing that I do, mediation. Uh, I, I sit as a mediator and I assist parties who are who are involved in a, in, in, in a mediation process. Then there's arbitration, which I do a lot of, that constitutes a big portion of my practice. Mm-hmm. And that's really just a fancy word for full-on litigation, but it's, it's privatized. Right, so it's not in front of a judge, it's in front of an arbitrator. In this case, it would be you. Uh, not me. I, I, I don't do arbitration work, but I represent the parties oh, okay. at, so at, at an arbitration. And then there'll be an arbitrator, and if effectively they can have findings and they can actually make recommendations as to what the next thing will be and they can actually have the force of law behind them, right? Yes. So an, an arbitration, parties have to have an agreement between them to refer dispute to arbitration. Right. So an arbitration is an agreement to refer dispute to an arbitrator. The arbitrator has the power to make a binding ruling, so to have the effect, you, you can take the, the ruling and make it an order of court. So it's It's binding. Arbitrators are senior attorneys, senior advocates, retired judges. So that's a spectrum of people who sit and do arbitration. And then, of course, if if neither of those work, you have to go to litigation. Well, litigation is happens if you don't have an arbitration agreement. So you can go to court if you've got an arbitration agreement. If, If if the parties say we don't want to go the arbitration route. But if there's an arbitration agreement, Usually you go to arbitration, sure. unless there are issues that are not capable of being referred to arbitration. Those would be a divorce, uh-huh. custody of a minor child, uh, sequestration of an estate. Those things in terms, 
those kinds of disputes in terms of the Arbitration Act are not capable of being referred to arbitration. Those have to go to court. And in the court, then, obviously, you have a judge, magistrate, and they make also binding. Correct. Okay, right. So in all of this, I mean, you approach all of them very differ- differently, obviously. But what, which one gives you the most joy? Which one, which one do you like seeing success at? The early stage of a mediation, if you can make it happen, you said earlier, making them see sense. Um, or is it, is it taking it all the way through, um, regardless of the fact that that obviously has a, a huge implication in terms of cost and time and all the rest of it, but still getting the, the, the finding you want? The way I approach it is I like to see people achieving results that make commercial sense. So they all, all three of them give me pleasure and satisfaction. Uh, I, don't, I don't get any satisfaction of getting parties to take a matter all the way to the steps of court, all the way to an arbitration boardroom and then settle the matter and run up millions of rands of costs. Just nonsensical. So if it can happen at a mediation, it gives me satisfaction. If we have to push it all the way to an arbitration, all the way to an appeal, that's also... That's life. That's what you've got to do, right? Because early on, people don't see sense. You have to go – people effectively need to, to purge themselves and, and give satisfaction to, to have a hearing, to be able to tell people their side of the story, and it's a process. It's almost like being a psychologist. Yeah. And uh, eventually, people get ready to settle, sometimes. Sometimes, they never get ready to settle. Some people carry grudges their whole life long. Correct. So I'm interested, Jones, when it comes to, you know, the, the, the practice of this kind of law, you said just now you could deal with anything from divorces to custody of minor, minor children to obviously some very big commercial arrangements that, that go awry. Or I, I deal disputes. mostly with commercial disputes. Right. So this um, custody, divorce, minor children, what I said is that is not capable of being referred to arbitration. Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't like getting involved in those. Uh, th- family those are, law. Yeah. Family law is emotional. <laughs> You're fighting about children, minors, and I, I like to stay away from that. Yeah, I'm I sure. It's, it. It, it, well, it gets messy, right? And, and you can be you can be very easily drawn into the stories. You've got kids, right? You've got uh, twins. I've got two. I've got twins. Yeah, they're four. They're turning five on Wednesday. Uh-huh. Great kids, a boy and a girl, Max and Sophia. Very nice. Well, I mean, at that age, to, to be running a, a practice like yours and also have four-year-olds is not easy. Huh? It's a balancing act. Sure. But uh, I'm lucky. I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a great practice, and uh, you, have to, you just have to balance your time. Well, um, to go back to the, the commercial uh, arrangements that you, that, that you either mediate or arbitrate or, or take to court – are there any that you've, over the years, really found satisfying in a way that, that perhaps we might not expect that, that there were certain, I'm sure there have been cases where you, uh, you took something away from it that you didn't expect to find when you started off. Uh, maybe you made, you know, sort of lifelong relationships happen there. Maybe you, uh, it, it was a massive uh, victory in terms of, of the quantum that was agreed to be paid. Um, maybe it was a change in the law. An establishment of precedent. I've had all of them. Um, the one that stands out for me is a matter that I got involved in as a very young attorney. I was, we, in fact, we weren't even in this building. We were, I think we were still in Baker Street, so it's a long time ago. And 
effectively I was walking past the senior partner's office and there was this file that nobody really wanted to, to deal with. And it appeared to everybody that it was just going to be a inconsequential matter. And I said, I'll take it, I'll, I'll run with it. And it ended up being a very large commercial dispute that ended up being arbitrated uh, before a retired judge. Um, and it really gave me an opportunity to to start building a relationship. It gave me an intra into an introduction into the kinds of disputes that I deal with today. So that's one that stands out mm-hmm. for me because that was just being in the right place at the right time being and, 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 and getting a lucky break. You also, I mentioned earlier in the introduction that you are an English solicitor too. Um, how does the, the system in England differ? Even, even for lawyers who, who are supposed to know these things, it's a very different way of doing things. Yes, there are a couple of aspects to that. The, the, the English system of contract mm-hmm. is very similar to the South African system. The South African system is based on the English system, so right. that's very similar. The um, law of property is very different. They, as you probably know, they, they don't always recognize complete ownership. They've got this, this concept of having 99-year leases. Freeholds and leaseholds. Freeholds, leaseholds. And, right. and they've also got a, a weird way of transferring property, which I used to understand, but which <laughs> with the passage of time I no longer understand. The reason I decided to do the English solicitor's exam is because of my interest in commercial law right. and contract law and the similarities. But the English system is different in other respects. For example, in our system, uh, a legal team is made up of the attorney and the advocate, and both have interactions, close interactions with the clients. The English system is very different in the sense that you have solicitors and barristers, right. solicitors the equivalent of an attorney, but there the solicitor will do all the running with the, with the client. The first time that the barrister will see his or her client is in court. Right, that's right. So they discourage an interaction between the barrister and the client and the thinking behind it, and I think it's correct, is, or, or it's, it's got a lot to be said for it, is to keep the independence of the barrister. Who is effectively an officer of the court. Right? Correct. Oh. That's, it, it's a very interesting, I mean, I, the practice obviously is, is interesting enough, but then there are all kinds of traditions in the English law that are very different to the traditions here, right? Yes, ours are all based on, on, on the English system. I mean, if you go back many years, the judges and the barristers used to wear wigs. <laughs> That's been done away with. I think they've even done away with that in the UK now, right. actually. So, yes, our, our traditions are... Our history is, is, is very closely aligned to the English. But I have heard you've got an interest in history too, at least in respect of, of art and antiques. I do. I love art. Um, I, I love collecting nice pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I, love, I love sculptures. I love watches. I love very pens. Good. I love oh. glasses. <laughs> I Be- love all sorts of... Beautifully made things. Yes. Yeah, you're an aesthete. I am. There we are. All right, I like this. So I can imagine that um, that when you're not hard at work in either in court or in a mediation or in an arbitration, you uh, you, you sit in a well-appointed office. 
I have a beautiful office. I'm very lucky. Yes. I've got uh, one of the nicest offices in the building. It's on the fifth floor. I've it's heard the corner are, office. I've heard beautiful there's some, view. There, yeah, there's some people a little bit jealous. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Likewise. You've been listening to Fluxman's Attorneys for the Love of Law. For more information, go to fluxmans.com.